0: It's Monday, December the 6th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Omicron on the move and a tripartite coalition in Germany. First, the World in Brief. The Omicron variant of COVID-19 has now been identified in 40 countries, with the World Health Organization warning that all countries should prepare for a surge of cases. Omicron has now been detected in 16 of America's 50 states. Anthony Fauci, the White House's chief medical advisor, said that, quote, Thus far, the variant does not appear to have produced severe cases, although he said it is too early to draw firm conclusions. Even so, rules on travel continue to be tightened around the world. Germany's Free Democrats, a pro-business party, voted to back a coalition agreement with the Social Democrats, SPD and the Greens. The new government will be led by Olaf Scholz of the SPD. He will take office this week, bringing an end to the 16-year chancellorship of Angela Merkel. Eric Zemmour's first rally since he declared his intention to stand for the presidency of France descended into violence. Supporters of the hard-right politician, who pledges to virtually end immigration and rails against Islam, set upon anti-racism protesters at the event in Paris. Thousands of people had taken to the streets of the capital on Sunday to demonstrate against Mrs. Amor's xenophobia. Niger's defence ministry on Sunday claimed to have engaged hundreds of jihadists in pitched battle, killing scores of them. It also admitted to losing 12 of its own soldiers. They fought near the junction of Burkina Faso and Mali, where rebels can cross borders easily. The same day, foreign governments condemned an attack that killed 31 civilians in central Mali on Friday. Officials within India's government apologised for a massacre in the northeastern state of Nagaland, where security forces killed 14 civilians on Saturday. Soldiers were said to have opened fire after mistaking a group of labourers for militants. The region is home to various insurgencies and national security forces are entrusted with extraordinary powers. The apology was more unusual than the violence. Discovery, an American media group whose assets include Eurosport, is reportedly in talks to form a joint venture with BT Sport, an arm of BT, a British telecoms group. A deal would upend plans for DAZN, a sports streaming service, to buy the service, which has the rights to broadcast Premier League and Champions League football games in Britain. Bob Dole, a grandee of America's Republican Party, died at the age of 98. Mr. Dole was his party's nominee for the presidency in 1996 when he lost to Bill Clinton. 20 years earlier, he had stood as Gerald Ford's running mate, But his natural home was the Senate, where he represented Kansas for 27 years, 11 of them as the Republican leader. Fact of the day. $275 billion. The amount that a proposed new tax deduction would cost America's government over the next five years. And editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our podcasts and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of to take part visit economist.com/briefingsurvey that's economist.com/briefingsurvey the link to the survey is in the description and now here's today's agenda BuzzFeed's listing sends a warning. BuzzFeed, an American digital media company, will list on the Nasdaq Stock Exchange on Monday through a merger with a special purpose acquisition company, SPAC. The flotation of the news website, once known for listicles and now a Pulitzer Prize winner, is being closely watched by competitors. Forbes, Vox Media, Vice and Ladbible are all mulling or have announced plans to go public many of them by way of a SPAC. So far, the process has not been kind to BuzzFeed. Shareholders at 895th Avenue Partners, the SPAC it is merging with, did approve the deal on December 2nd. But SPAC investors can choose to redeem their shares rather than investing in a target entity, and many did. BuzzFeed will only receive $16 million from this source, less than 6% of the $288 million that was theoretically available. The redemption rate for all SPACs has climbed in 2021. This episode will further dampen the buzz about them. A rocky ride for oil prices. Oil prices are likely to continue their bumpy ride this week as fears about the Omicron variant of COVID-19 rattle markets. The price of Brent Crude, an international benchmark, fell by 15% in the week to December 2nd, on fears that the variant could trigger fresh lockdowns and a concomitant fall in the demand for oil. Prices fell further on December 3rd, when OPEC+, the oil producers' cartel and its allies, agreed to keep increasing production. That will be a relief for some governments, including America's, which had been pushing for greater supply. But the move surprised the markets. Analysts had expected OPEC Plus to lower or maintain its previous supply levels. Why OPEC Plus did not lower production remains unclear. Some think the cartel could be downplaying the risk of Omicron. Another possibility is that OPEC Plus is growing more friendly to America... Either way, until the world understands more about the variant, oil prices will remain volatile. A verdict for Aung San Suu Kyi On Monday, a court in Myanmar is expected to rule in the trial of Aung San Suu Kyi, the country's leader until she was deposed in a coup in February. She has been charged with a total of 12 offences. If convicted on all counts, the Septuagintarian faces up to 120 years in prison. The Junta, which accuses Miss Suu party of cheating in an election it won in 2020, has scheduled a new poll for 2023. They seem to hope that will buy them enough time to regain the public's approval. But much of the country is up in arms against the regime. Protesters continue to turn out despite the risks, Several were killed in Yangon, the biggest city, on Sunday when security forces drove a car into a crowd of demonstrators. And the economic consequences of the coup and the pandemic are yet to be fully felt. Nearly half the population will be below the poverty line next year, according to the United Nations. Modi meets Putin. The leaders of Russia and India share an interest in public performance. Sometimes bare-chested, Vladimir Putin takes photographers bear hunting. Narendra Modi meditates for the camera. But when the pair meet in Delhi on Monday for the 21st annual India-Russia summit, it will be for more than show. A huge fraction of India's materiel dates from Soviet-era agreements. Russia's S-400 air and missile system, feared by America for its spying capabilities, is expected to feature prominently amid the day's deal-making. That could complicate some of India's other relationships. Chinese provocations along its Himalayan borders have prompted India to seek closer ties with America. Mr Modi has been invited to Joe Biden's quote, summit for democracy this month. As Russia rattles sabers to its west and draws closer to China, any bear hugs between Messrs. Modi and Putin may yet strain India's budding partnership with America. Michael Buble's Christmas The same joke does the rounds on social media every autumn. Quote, It's November 1st, the line goes. Quote, And Michael Buble is defrosting as we speak. The Canadian crooner finds the quip tiresome. Quote, There are times when it rubs you the wrong way, but it points to a fact about which he can hardly complain. He is the king of Christmas. Released in 2011, his festive album has sold more than 16 million copies worldwide and has been streamed 4 billion times. To mark the record's 10th anniversary, the musician released a special edition in November, replete with new songs. On Monday, NBC, an American television network, will add more cheer by broadcasting Michael Bublé's Christmas in the City, an hour-long special recorded at the Rockefeller Center in New York. Comedians, actors and even Kermit the Frog will join the singer for classic Yuletide tunes, accompanied by a 48-piece orchestra. You might say it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. (laughs) Finally, here's the quote of the day from Franz Fanon, who died on this day in 1961. There are too many idiots in this world, and having said it, I have the burden of proving it. That's it from the Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence.